Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello and welcome. This is Denise Michaels. And I am so excited to have you listening because if you are within the sound of my voice and listening to this um, audio, it means that you are about to embark on the amazing journey of writing your book. Um, My name is Denise Michaels. Um, I am the founder of the International Book Writing Guild. I am a book coach and a ghost writer and also lead workshops from time to time. And this particular um, audio is all about the very first getting started piece to writing your own book. Now, just as you would build a house, um, writing a book requires a foundation. And this particular um, piece that we're going to go through and discuss on this audio is all about... (laughs) Excuse me. My husband has a cough and I'm starting to get it, so I apologize for that. Anyway, this is the very first piece of that foundation for your book that's called a competitive analysis. It's called a competitive analysis. Now, a lot of people are so emotional about their book because it really sort of reflects um, sort of their life journey in a way. Um, Even if it's a how-to personal growth or success book, um, the reason that they're writing it is because they're passionate and excited, and I, and I want you to be. I hope that you are. Um, but we always have to remember that a book is also a product. Um, it's a product to be sold, and that means that even though we first treat it as the thing we're passionate about, we also have to treat it as we would a product. And you know if you're starting your own business, um, one of the things that you do as you're getting started is you write a business plan. You write a business plan. And a competitive analysis is not, how do I say this? It's not a business plan at all. It's one piece of a business plan. But we're going to do some tweaks with it to make it appropriate for writing your book. And along the way, the majority of people who write their competitive analysis start feeling a lot more powerfully connected to their book as well as have a really strong sense of what their book is going to be about. And the crazy thing is, is that this happens through doing some research. All right? So in this assignment, you're going to do some research, and you're going to do some online research, and you're going to do some offline research as you do your competitive analysis. Um, I tell most people to figure, to do a really good competitive analysis, figure about four to six hours of your time. It could take a little bit less. It could take a little bit more. 
but that's kind of a ballpark of how much time. So if you are a person who is watching your time and time management, as we all are, um, it's very important that you know approximately how much time you're going to put into this um, assignment. It doesn't seem like that at first, and it's it's not difficult. Um, I will tell you that really most of writing a book isn't difficult. It's just that you're making these really important decisions about where you stand and what's important and what matters to you. And you're going to do that as you write your competitive analysis. You're going to do that, <coughs> excuse me, as you write your overview, um, which comes next, your outline, your strategic attraction plan. Um, you're going to make decisions all along the way. And it's very easy in life to make the same decisions um, about, you know, where we're going to fill up our gas with tank our tank with gas in our car, where we're going to go for lunch, um, you know, what color clothes we're going to buy when we go to the shopping mall to buy them or shop online or something. It's very easy to make the same decisions over and over again that we've always made before. And when you're writing a book, you're making very different decisions from what you've made before. And that's one of the places where people get stuck. So I want you to know that doing your competitive analysis, one of the things that's really cool about it is that it's going to help you see more clearly you know, how your book fits in in the milieu of books that are out there. And, you know, we're going to keep fine-tuning and fine-tuning what your message is, and then bang. Once you've done that, it becomes so much easier to start writing and, um, you know, get a move on. So anyway, um, I assume, I always ask people before I start working with them, I say, do you like writing or would you rather stick knitting needles in your eyeballs? Uh, <laughs> because if I get someone who says, you know, those knitting needles sound pretty good right about now, I know that they're not really um, the ideal person for one of my book writing workshops or book coaching or something like that. They might be a better fit for um, uh, ghostwriting, which means I do a series of interviews with a person and um, they are recorded and then I spend a lot of time fluffing and puffing them and turning them into book chapters week by week by week. But since you are in this program, I am assuming that you are um, a person who reasonably enjoys writing, and that means you can write a simple declarative sentence. Um, as we go through, I'm going to be helping you with lots of aspects of that. But let's get back to your competitive analysis. Okay, so I told you earlier um, um, this is going to be it involves some research, okay? So for starters, a competitive analysis as well as everything that you type on your computer screen, and then sometimes it gets printed, sometimes it just gets manipulated from the computer screen. But I want you to use MS Word, Microsoft Word. Um, I don't care which version it is, whether it's old or new. Um, I use Microsoft Word 2013. Um, prior to that, I think I uploaded that to my computer about in 2014. 
Prior to that, I was using uh, Microsoft Word 2010. So I try to stay fairly current, but it's not a necessity. Um, <coughs> I'm just telling you what I do. Now, if you have an Apple computer, chances are there's something that's similar to um, Microsoft Word. And you can use that for the time being, but before your book is published, it will need to be um, reformatted in Microsoft Word because that's the sort of the currency of publishers is they use Microsoft Word. Um, so you know, don't worry about it for now. It's something that comes up much later when your book is done. But I have had people send me manuscripts to edit in the Apple version of MS Word and spent hours and hours and hours reformatting um, because it was, well, let's just say it was a hot mess. So anyway, so you want to be in Microsoft Word. That's preferable. You want to use the standard margins that are on the page in Microsoft Word. Standard margins that are on the page in Microsoft Word. And you want to type in the font known as either, there's a choice of two, Times New Roman, Times New Roman, or you want to use Arial. Times New Roman or Arial. And another one that's very similar to Arial, A-R-I-A-L, is Helvetica. It's very, very close. Okay? And they're both found, you know, there's nothing special that you have to buy. They're both found on MS Word, and I'm sure they're on Apple's version of, of MS Word as well. Um, for your competitive analysis, you're going to be um, typing in single space, all right, typing in single space with an extra space in between paragraphs. But for the rest of your manuscript, you're going to be typing in double space. All right? You're going to be typing in double space. Okay? And in fact, on Microsoft Word, if you are, you look at the little tabs across the top, File, Home, Insert, Design, Page, Layout. Um, if you are in the File tab, that's the one all the way over to the left, go about not quite, let me see here, um, almost halfway over, there is a little icon there with a down arrow that um, if you mouse over it, it says line and paragraph spacing. Choose how much space appears between lines of text or between paragraphs. And you click on that and then click on um, 2.0. 2.0. Now, this is for your manuscript, but for your competitive analysis, you want to use single space type with an extra space in between paragraphs. So this is just some real basic housekeeping information um, so that you know where you're going um, as we get started. Okay? All right. So if you were going to research books offline, where do you think you would go to do it? If you were going to research books offline, where do you think you would do it? And this is to create your competitive analysis. Well, of course, it makes sense you'd go to a bookseller. All right? Most places in the United States, the um, um, most popular bookseller is Barnes & Noble. <laughs> but on the East Coast, there's Books A Million and there's Crown Books and uh, 
you know, in Canada, there's chapters. In different countries, there's different booksellers. But what I want you to do is go to the major bookseller in your area that you frequent, all right, and you're going to spend some time here. So what I want you to do is get a cup of your favorite coffee or iced tea or whatever you like to drink and bring a small pad of paper with you, okay, a small pad of paper with you, like, you know, like uh, the old um, steno pads, you know, you could do a, you could do a yellow pad if you like. It just a small pad is easier to to tuck away if you like. All right, and a pen for writing, and then something small to measure with. You're measuring inches, or if you live outside the United States, you're going to be measuring centimeters. All right, and I'll explain why in a minute. Okay, so then what I want you to do, and you can, you know, if you have a purse, you can tuck those things in your purse or backpack or whatever, all right? So what I want you to do is I want you to go to the section of the bookstore where books similar to yours will be found. Go to the section of the bookstore where books like yours or like the one that you want to write will be found. And I want you to start looking for books that are as close to yours as you can find, as similar to yours as you can find. Now, most people think, well, why would I want to do that? I mean, wouldn't I want to avoid that? I mean, I don't want to be, you know, um, influenced or I don't want to feel bummed out that there's 2,700 other books out there on motivation or overcoming obstacles or something like that, or Italian cooking or having good relationships with your teenagers. You know, no, you want to do that because it's really important to know what's out there. All right. So, and it's very, very likely that some of the books that you'll see on the bookshelf will be books that you already read or you may even have at home. That's okay. What I want you to do is look for ones that are still in print, and obviously they're still in print because they're at the bookstore. All right? And if you happen to know, and, you know, a lot of this is kind of a guess, which is true when you write a business plan too, by the way. You know, you're taking a lot of educated guesses. Okay? If you happen to know that some of those books were pretty popular and became bestsellers, those are the ones I want you to choose. All right. If they've had um, several different printings or editions, all right, those are the ones I want you to print. And I want you to pull them down, and you can either take them with you to the cafe or look at them while you're standing there in that section. But what I want you to do is I want you to narrow down to about six books. I want you to narrow down to about six books. All right, if you got five, that's okay. If you got seven, that's okay. We want to be in that ballpark. All right? And then I want you to take those books and go to the cafe or someplace where you can sit down with them and pull out your pad of paper 
and your pen. And I want you to write down a few things about each one of these books. Okay? The first thing I want you to write down is the title of the book and the author of the book. Title and author. Okay? Title and author. All right? Then I want you to write who published the book. Who published the book? And then I want you to write down when it was originally printed and if there have been any revisions or new additions. When was the most recent one published? All right, when was the most recent one published? And you can just put the year there. It doesn't have to be an exact date. Okay, but if there's an exact date listed inside the book, that's okay too. All right. The next thing I want you to list is the number of pages for the book. The number of pages for the book. Okay. Then get out your little measuring stick or, you know, whatever you have to measure with. All right. And I want you to measure the dimensions of the book. All right. Many, many books are about nine inches tall by six, six and a half inches wide. That's a very common size for books. All right. And write down the dimensions of the book. In other words, the height and the width of the book. And then the next thing I want you to do, I know these these things seem a little weird, but they're going to all make sense, is I want you to um, write down the three colors that are most prominent in the book cover. All right, so maybe it's red, white, and blue. Or maybe it's black, white, and gold. Or maybe it's like a cream, uh, green, and red, or something like that. Okay, there may be other colors to pop little things, but just kind of predominant colors. Okay? (laughs) Then, I want you to read what's on the front cover of the book. All right, of course, you've written down the title and the subtitle. Don't forget the subtitle. All right, and then flip it over. Read the back of the book. What does it tell you about this book? Then go inside, and I want you to look over the table of contents. And if there's an introduction... Skim through the introduction. You know, you could flip through a few pages if there is a chapter heading that is particularly of interest to you. You can flip in there and take a look. And if there's an index and there's particular topics that you're um, you're considering writing about in your book, look and see if those topics are included in the book. An index can be... Very helpful and a time saver. Okay? And then, go on to the next book. 
all right? And then the next, and the next, and the next. Okay? And then um, I, I always say if you end up buying some books, that's my responsi- that's your responsibility, not mine. Okay? So at any rate, a lot of, and, and it's absolutely fine if you want to buy some, and if you don't want to buy any of them, that's fine too. Okay? Very, you know, just whatever. I, I used to, um, in my marketing mentoring days, I used to give people an assignment to watch one of the shopping channels to see how they sell and market and all this stuff. And they used to say, if you end up buying something like a set of pots and pans or some makeup or whatever, that's your responsibility, not mine. So anyway. All right. So now you've got this list of everything about these books that I've asked for. All right. And you've got it on your uh, your pad of paper. All right. And wouldn't be a bad idea to use a different sheet of paper for each book. Okay, and then you can set the books down or buy them or do whatever you want and then go home. And then what I want you to do is get on your computer and the same exercise I just had you do uh, at your uh, bookseller, I want you to do that on Amazon.com. I want you to do the same thing on Amazon.com. And oh, by the way, usually somewhere close to um, when you're looking at the page for the, um, you know, the book cover, when you have it kind of like blown up, it'll say underneath or somewhere close to the title, it'll say the dimensions, the actual size of the book. Okay? And then what I want you to do is you have your list of books from Barnes and Noble and then you've got your list of books from Amazon. And by the way, on Amazon I don't look very very careful for page numbers. Okay, there's a lot of ebooks these days that people, you know, write in a 4-day weekend and they're 20 something pages long. They don't really qualify as a regular book. Okay, I don't want you to put down anything that's less than about 125 pages. All right, at Barnes and Noble, you just won't find those short little eBooks. They might be on their web website, but not as much as you find them on Amazon, um, because the restrictions for uploading books to Barnes and Noble Nook are a lot more restrictive than on Amazon Kindle. You can throw almost anything over 22 pages on Amazon Kindle and call it a book. It's it's kind of crazy. But what I want you to look for are real books. So nothing under about 125 pages. All right. Now, the reason I have you do both um, at your Barnes & Noble store and at Amazon is because Amazon has like everything under the sun available while Barnes and Noble because they have the limited um, real estate of the store Amazon I mean Barnes and Noble or Chapters or Books a Million or Crown Books they're only going to carry what's selling or what they believe will sell 
Okay, so Amazon has everything. Barnes & Noble has what's selling. All right, so then what I want you to do is take the books, or at least your research from the books, from both Amazon and from the bookseller, and I want you to reduce it down to a list of about six books. So you might have a few from Barnes & Noble. You might have a few from Amazon. It's okay. All right, you could have five. You could have seven. But right in the ballpark of about six books. Okay? And then you're going to start writing on your computer. All right? And you're going to write in MS Word. And as I said before, this is one of those few incidences where you're going to write in single space rather than double space. When you're working on your manuscript, it'll be double space. Okay? So I want you to write down the title of the book, the author. All right, now you're typing this on your computer. Okay? The publisher, the original date of publication the most recent revision or um, or addition, the number of pages, the um, primary colors, the top three colors for the book cover, and the dimensions, the actual size of the book. And I'll tell you why that's valuable later on. <laughs> then what I want you to do is underneath all the, those factoids, I want you to write one paragraph of about six to eight lines of text giving people sort of an indication of what this book is about and how your book is going to be different or better. All right? Called the competitive analysis. You know, some people call it a comparative analysis because they don't like the word competition, which is fine with me either way. All right? But you're going to write this paragraph about one, two, three, six to eight lines approximately, single space type. And you're going to write what this book is about. And you kind of got that sense because you looked at the table of contents. You looked at the introduction. You kind of skimmed through it. Um, you may have one or more of the books at home already. All right? And very often on Amazon, they will offer one chapter. Um, you can also read through reviews, which will give you a good indication of what the book is about, um, where it's good, where it might miss. Okay, so just one paragraph. So I'm going to um, share with you um, a paragraph like this for the competitive analysis I did for my book back in the day. All right, um, before when I was when I did my first, you know, competitive analysis for my book, and the first book is one called "Play Like a Man, Win Like a Woman." The author is Gail Evans. It was published by Broadway Books in April of 2000, and it's 193 pages in length. Okay? 
So I said, I love this book and believe the author is spot on with her assertions. She has a gentle way of saying what a lot of women need to hear. They're playing the game of business all wrong. This should be required reading for the women of corporate America. However, it's not much help for women in the entrepreneurial and marketing milieu. Marketing for home-based business owners is a different arena, and it's not addressed in this book. There are no glass ceilings for business owners, but there are no mentors either. Okay? So what I did is I started out by complimenting the book, you know, because it was a good book. I really, really liked it. All right? And then I said... Um, but here's how I think mine is going to be different or better, all right? And you're going to go through and you're going to write a paragraph like this, all right, for all six of the books um, that you have sort of narrowed down to um, on your competitive analysis. Okay, I'm going to give you one more example all right, from my competitive analysis, the book was called Evolution. The author was Faith Popcorn. The book was published by Hyperion in June of 2000 and 272 pages long. Okay? Um, and then I wrote, this book is a current darling in a sea of books eager to show marketers the way to rake in the bucks from sales to women who now influence 80% of consumer spending. It's not about helping women discover how to market. It's about marketing to women, italicized, okay, the word to, T-O. I mention this book because her third and fifth marketing truths are congruent with the message of my book, Testosterone-Free Marketing. The third truth is if she has to ask, it's too late. The fifth truth is walk, run, go to her, secure her loyalty forever. Okay, so at first I started with compliments about the book, and this happened a lot to me when I was interviewed on radio. People would try to compare my books, my particular book, Testosterone-Free Marketing, with books that were about marketing to women, not marketing for women. So I thought it was valuable to include one of those um, here on this list. So that kind of gives you an idea of what you're looking at for your um, competitive analysis, okay? Um, and the reason that I have you write down the publisher is because now you have a short list of publishers that might be interested in publishing your book because they publish books on this topic, okay? The reason I have you write down the number of pages is because let's say in your competitive analysis you come up with, say, six books, okay? You add up the number of pages, divide it by six, and that gives you an indication of what would be an average length for your book. Now, you can choose to write less or you can choose to write more in the book that you do, but this gives you an average. All right, it's more information. Okay, the um, colors of the book cover, as well as the dimensions of the book, how tall is it, how wide is it, give you an idea of what people are doing there. And if there's a book that's been out for a while and keeps getting reprinted, 
and you see the same colors, you might design a book cover that has those colors. All right. Or you might say, you know what? I want to be totally different from everything else that's out there. You know, if everything else out there is, you know, olive green, gold, black, and white, I'm going to do mine in pink, purple, and green or something, you know. But you have information with which to make some kind of comparison so you can say, okay, I'm being different than others. You know, as long as you're doing the competitive analysis and looking at all these book covers, why not write it down rather than try to remember it with your competitive analysis? Okay, so that's everything. You're going to do your research at your local bookseller and you're going to do it at Amazon and you're going to kind of compare. You're going to narrow down to the top six approximately, six books. You're going to write down all those things, the title, author, publisher, publication date, any revisions or new additions, number of pages, um, um, color colors of the book cover, um, the dimensions or size, and then that sort of um, uh, paragraph where you're comparing, you know, sort of what you like about the book, but what you're going to do different or better in your book. You know, like maybe you really like the book from one aspect, but you feel like they totally missed the target market in another way because they didn't include something that you're going to go into in your book. All right. Um, Don't worry about, you know, it being a perfect match with your book. I one time had a, um, a gal in one of my classes, and she wanted to do a book on Pilates for golfers, you know, Pilates, the exercise thing and everything. And she said, Denise, I can't find other books on Pilates for golfers. I said, okay, well, how about books on fitness for golfers? All right, exercise, no matter what form it is, whether it's yoga or weightlifting or running or whatever. All right, then she was able to find some. So it doesn't have to be exact. You know, just do the very best you can. And also, you want to make make sure you have a really strong sense of what area or what category of the bookstore your book is going to belong in, all right? Book buyers will not buy a book for their stores if they don't have a really clear idea of where it's going to go because that's where the shoppers are going to go to look for it, you know? I can't tell you how many times I've had a prospective client and I would say, what category do you think your book would fall in? And they they just absolutely had no clue what category it should fall in. You know, well, they would say, well, it's really unique. It's really different. Well, guess what? In the world of books as a product, if you don't have a really clear indication of a category, that's a book that book buyers are not likely to buy. Because, and this goes back to Denise's marketing rule number one, a confused mind always says no. A confused mind always says no. So that's all your instructions on your competitive analysis for your book. What I want you to do is type this all up, spell check it, do the very, very best you can, you know, and um, bring print it out. I want you to have it printed on 
paper and bring it with you to day one of the workshop. And we're going to go over these together. Um, the reason I had you do this is because when you're in the workshop, you're not going to have a lot of access to uh, the Internet. And so it's, uh, you know, printing it out, you're good to go. So anyway, if you have any questions, um, let me know between now and then. But in the meantime, I will look forward to seeing you in the workshop and um, I'm really, really excited that you're going to be there and happy and this is going to be an amazing journey. So anyway, I'm just so excited. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. This has been Denise Michaels, uh, founder of the International Book Writing Guild, book coach and ghostwriter. And I'm looking forward to helping you write your book. See you at the workshop. Take care. Bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.